0: Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the harbor. Hello. You guys good? Incredible. You guys excited about the new series? All right, excellent. Hey, uh, I'm really excited about it. I always love starting a new series And I especially get excited about the potential of doing a series like we're diving into right now. But I would love it if we could pray, and then we will get going. So would you guys pray with me? Cool. God, uh, thank you so much for this day. We are grateful for an opportunity to hear from you. And God, as we start talking about singleness, relationships, dating, marriage, all of these things, Um, These things can be very um, exciting. There can be that feeling of anticipation or that feeling of hope. These things can be very discouraging. There can be things in our past that we just think about and we're like, man, I'm I'm, I'm very discouraged by this. There can be situations that we are all in that feel overwhelming or, or hopeless. And so, God, I pray that wherever people are at tonight, that this would be a night of hope. That this would be a night where people experience renewal, experience restoration. And God, I really believe this that the most important thing that we could possibly experience tonight is not advice about relationships, but it is truly drawing near to you and growing deeper with you. And so I pray that that would happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're starting this series, Summer Love. It is about singleness marriage, dating, relationships, all of the above. And I wanted to start with kind of a little bit of a personal story. I'm gonna start before the personal story, though. Um, has anyone seen the very first ever Star Wars, Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope? You guys are familiar? Okay, I'm gonna spoil it for you. If you haven't seen it, it's been out since the 70s. You have had plenty of time. But, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker in that movie, Um, he is about to destroy the Death Star. He has his scope uh, flipped down and he's driving down the tunnel, flying down the tunnel, I guess, is the the more appropriate thing to say. And he's about to shoot the laser through the hole that's gonna go down the chasm, which is gonna end up destroying the Death Star, killing, really, really hurting the the empire, giving new hope to the rebellion. You guys with me? You guys tracking? You know where I'm at? Okay, and so the famous scene is that, uh, you know, Obi-Wan comes into his mind and he says, use the force, Luke. You're not supposed to use the visor, you're supposed to use the force. And so he flips it up, pulls the trigger, everything happens just like it should. Bad guys lose, good guys win. We're on to the Empire Strikes Back. Now, the reason I say that is because really if you think about that, and I know this is maybe not official good Star Wars canon, but this, like, strategy by Luke, it worked, but it actually was, like, really, like, it was a really bad idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not good, like, like, if it's not a repeatable thing that, like, he found success, but you wouldn't go into, like, X-wing fighter training being, like, you should definitely use the Force. Get rid of the visor, get rid of the scope, just kind of go with it. It worked, but it wasn't the most repeatable and best thing. And the reason I say that is because, like, I actually kind of feel like that is, if you ask me about how I dated and did relationships, that's pretty much what happened. (laughs) Like, God bless me because he is good and gracious, and I have an amazing wife, an amazing marriage. We uh, celebrate our six-year anniversary on Monday. So, yeah. So it did work. But I in no way would advise you to follow my dating path. It's not a repeatable process. And to be honest with you, I, I, I had my—I um, started dating my senior year of high school, and so I, I was quote unquote, I guess, on the market so to speak uh, until I was 25 when I got married. So that makes up eight years, and like I really, pretty much did. I think everything possible that you could do wrong in eight years. like, And I'm not gonna bore you with the the details, and it is a little bit funny to to recount, but to be honest, when I look back on dating and relationships, I have a lot of regret. I have a lot of shame. I don't actually like to talk about it because I really genuinely feel embarrassed and I remember the pain that I went through. But even worse than that, I remember the pain that I put other people through. And and so I really am so believing in this series and the reason I'm so passionate about it and also a little bit of the reason that I'm very confused as to why God sometimes assigns me to teach on these topics is because I've done things really poorly and I've seen how much pain and hurt can go into relationships that are done poorly, but I also know and understand the power and the potential of godly dating relationships, godly marriage, godly singleness that is used for the glory of God, and so I believe in it, and I'm excited about that. And that's why I wanna do this series. You know, we at the Harbor, we don't exist. Our mission and vision statement is not to find anyone here a spouse. Now, if that happens, praise the Lord. It's a young adult ministry, and if that has happened in the past. I believe it's going to happen in the future. I've heard it said that a harbor is called e-harboring, okay? And, like, I think someone here coined that term. Um, but my vision in my heart, that's not my goal. My goal and our goal and our vision is that we exist to make disciples, to help people follow after Jesus and pursue Jesus. We exist to pray that God would bring revival to our community, amen? Like that's the reason we're here and that's why I get up in the morning, that's why I believe in what we're doing here. But the reality is that, that the mo- majority of us in this room will get married and the reality is that your marriage has insane potential to be such an incredible force for the kingdom of God, and it also has incredible potential to go horribly wrong and ruin your life. And I'm not trying to be dramatic about that, but that, that these are the stakes. And so I want us to, to, to rally around these things, and, and I do want to speak for a moment because I love that there are some married folk in the room, and I also love that there are some people in the room who are against the concept of doing dating relationship series. They're like, we're, we're done. I don't want to talk about this. Please, I can't wait for us to do anything besides this. But I just want you to think for a moment about the potential of this series is not just a series for you, but this is a series for our community. And how amazing will it be if every guy in this room gets their minds and their hearts around dating and marriage and singleness for the glory of God how amazing will it be if every lady in this room gets their minds and hearts around dating and marriage and singleness for the glory of God it will transform our community it really will it will transform our futures it will transform our current situation and so I believe in the potential of it and I'm excited to see what God does with it are you with me okay I'm glad all right I'm just gonna put up a little outline of the series. I wanna let you know kind of where we're going. Tonight, I'm gonna to cover the topic, why you should date. Next week, we're gonna look at how to start dating slash when to stop dating. Then, we're gonna talk about what to do when you're dating, what to do with you're engaged. Then, we're gonna talk about who to marry, what are the characteristics of a godly spouse. And then last, we're gonna talk about friendship, how to be a good friend. Because I think that's something that a lot of us don't necessarily know how to do. How am I supposed to be a good friend? So I'm excited. I think it's going to be awesome. And um, as we dive in, want to let you know, um, there are two books that I highly recommend on this topic. Um, one is called Outdated by J.P. Pacluda. We just did a giveaway from it on our Instagram. And then the other one is called Single Dating, Engaged, Married by Ben Stewart. Um, we are also going to do a giveaway for that over the next couple weeks on our Instagram. So, those are two things. I've taken a lot of my ideas and my concepts from this. All right. So, tonight we are talking about why you should date. Here are the three things that I want to talk about tonight. Number one, I want to talk about maybe you shouldn't date right now. Number two, I want to tell you two things that you should stop doing before you start dating. And then number three, I wanna say why you should date. Okay, so first off, we're gonna talk about maybe you shouldn't date right now. Maybe you shouldn't date right now. This is the first point that I have. And again, this is the idea we're we're rallying around what does it look like for godly relationships? What does it look like for us to think about uh, God's wisdom and God's plan around singleness, dating, engagement, marriage? So, the first thing that or I think there's at least two reasons why it may not be the best time for you to date, and if you are dating, if you are married, no shame, no condemnation, not going to call anybody out. But this could be for you that maybe you shouldn't date right now because singleness is a gift because singleness is a gift that 's the first thing that I want you to write down now i have told this story before, I believe like four or five years ago at the harbor. I don't think it's been since then. But if you've heard it, stay with me. Laugh like you heard it for the first time. I don't know all that. So when I was in the 10th grade, I really wanted an iPod. Now, there are people in here who maybe don't know what an iPod is. I will explain. An iPod is what it used to be just the app on your iPhone that was the music app. That was a whole thing. It was just a, it was an iPhone with nothing but just the music, and before that, it was a CD player. Before that, it was a tape player, Walkman, but I really wanted an iPod, and I came from a very poor family, and so I was, like, pretty confident, like, I'm not getting an iPod for Christmas, but I was like, you know what? You always miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Shoot your shot, so I'm going to ask for one. And I ask and, you know, the Christmas came around and you know the drill, you go to one grandparent, go to the next, no iPod, no iPod, no iPod. And then finally, the last gift I get. And I open it and it's like shaped in that, like I'm like, I know how much, what an iPod box is shaped like. This is definitely an iPod. And so I open it and it's not an iPod. It is a like $27 really knockoff MP3 player. It's basically a glorified USB stick that has a, like, a headphone jack in it. And I plug it in, and I start to figure it out, and it is just as horrible as it sounds. It has, like, 32 songs, shuffle mode only, can't even pick anything. It's it's really terrible. And I'm devastated, and I'm like, I'm never going to use this. It's the worst thing ever. Then, like, fast forward three weeks, I've kind of, like, just mourning my, my loss, mourning my childhood as it happened. And I decide, I wake up one morning, I'm not feeling great, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to school today. You guys know what I'm talking about? There's those days where you're like, it's just not happening today. I'm staying home. So I stay home, and I go out to my mailbox. I'm the only person in my house, and I go out to my mailbox. Those are like the best days, by the way. Like, you're watching, like, The Price is Right, you know? it's like, And like you're like, wow, soap operas are so strange, you know what I mean? Um, anyways, so... I go out to my mailbox, I, 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 and there's a, a, a package that is specifically addressed to me. And, and I, I get inside, and I'm like, this never happens. I'm in the 10th grade. Who's sending me mail? And so I open it, and it is a brand-new like color screen iPhone that you can like, it was, or the iPod. It was like the first one that you could watch music videos on. It still had a click wheel, but this was like the crate. I've never had this happen to me. I got an iPod just randomly given to me to this day. Don't know where it came from. I believe it was from God himself. He just dropped it in my mailbox (laughs) and it was so cool. It was like the best thing ever. I desperately wanted this thing and it happened. Now I tell you that story to say, I think that when I say, like, singleness is a gift, a lot of times what happens is we think, okay, yeah, 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 like, singleness is like the USB stick with the headphone jack that plays like 32 songs and only in shuffle mode, and marriage is the iPod. That's the real good gift, and singleness, you're like, yeah, I I know about like white elephant gifts. That's what singleness feels like to me right now. And and I think that that we have in our world, we have these two extreme views of of marriage. One view of marriage is marriage is a prison, and the other view is that marriage is a paradise. And and if you think about it, like anyone who who has has been married, like like I, when I, when when I got married, I went up to a, a, I would tell people, certain people, man, I'm really excited. I'm getting married next week, or I'm getting married next month. And there's a certain person and if you've been married maybe you know this they're like oh good luck with that and you're like oh any any marriage advice and they're like yeah don't do it did you guys ever get that like like those people you're like you're making the biggest mistake of your life let me help you get out of it so so that's the view of, of certain people in our culture marriage is a prison it's 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 something to be avoided you're doing your time then there's the other view where marriage is a paradise and, and, and there are certain people who, even if you think about like shows like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, like it ends when they get married because the implication is the challenging part, the hard part is finding someone. Once you find someone, it's a paradise. It's happily ever after. Everything else from there is great. And what's interesting is Scripture has a completely different view. See, Scripture says marriage is a gift, but Scripture also says singleness is a gift. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. It's on the screen. The Apostle Paul, he says, I wish everyone were single just as I am. I know some people in their minds are like, I don't receive that. I don't, I don't <laughs> receive it at all. Yeah, each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I want you to think about this. Paul, who, who is godly enough to write the Bible, he, he actually says that, that in his personal opinion, it would be great if everybody were single. Now, we let scripture interpret scripture and we understand that marriage is also an amazing gift from God. God created marriage. Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding. Marriage is looked at as a, a picture of Christ in the church. So scripture has a very high view of marriage, but it also has a very high view of singleness. This is what Jesus says. This is uh, Eugene Peterson's message translation. And he says this. Uh, Jesus says, marriage isn't for everyone. Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others never get asked or accepted. And some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. So there are people... That, that are not going to get married. And I think so often in our culture and in the church, we kind of view them as like second-class citizens. We kind of think like, man, th- those are the people, they're not really gonna be happy. They're not really gonna be complete. They're not really, maybe even gonna be able to be used for the kingdom of God because they're, they're single. And it's almost like you're on buffer, you're loading until you actually get married. But here's the truth. Jesus himself was never married never had any kids, never had sex, and yet he was the most complete human ever. He was the most accomplished human being ever. He did more for the kingdom of God than anyone ever did, and it actually says in the scriptures he was the happiest person ever alive. And so the idea that, that we need someone else to complete us is actually not biblical. Because if you are single, that singleness is a gift from God. So here's, here's a question. How do you know you have the gift of singleness? I have a very um, easy one question quiz that is going to answer whether or not you have the gift of singleness. Are you ready? You guys ready for the quiz? Say I'm ready. Okay. The question is, are you currently engaged or married? If you answered no to that question, congratulations, you have the gift of singleness. Now, that, so I, I, I answered yes, I am, I am married. I do not have the gift of singleness. Now, there are some people who answer that question, and, and they have the gift of singleness. You have the gift of singleness for a season, and it may be a season of three weeks. It may be a season of three months. It may be a season of three years. And there may be some in this room who actually God has given them the gift of singleness as actually a permanent gift that you may not get married. But the point of, of the gift of singleness, Paul, he says it is a gift. So if you are currently single in this moment, that is a gift from God. And this is why 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32, Paul says this. He says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking about how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. And in the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit, but a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. What this verse is saying is that if you are married, there is a significant portion of your mental focus and mental energy that is dedicated to serving your family. A lot of my time, a lot of my effort is dedicated towards how can I make sure that I'm doing everything I can to make Katie's life easier? How can I make sure I'm there for my son Isaiah, present in his life, raising him to serve the Lord? You don't have those kind of commitments. You don't have those kind of of, of focuses if you are single. You are 100% able to say, God, I am fully present and fully devoted to you. So here is my encouragement, and here is my challenge to you as a single person. There are some incredible opportunities that you have. One of the greatest is the amount of time that you have available to do the things of God. You have time to grow in your walk with Christ, to spend time learning more about God and learning more about how to follow him, learning more about scripture, learning more about ministry. You have time to serve in ways that I don't have time to serve. You can find a a place in this community And you can literally just pour out your heart and your soul into seeing someone else come alive and seeing someone else flourish in a way that I don't have the time and the space to do as a married person. There may be some people in here who would even say, you know what? Like, I I actually believe that I am called to a significant and challenging ministry role that if I was married that that would actually be a real difficulty, but I could go and be a missionary in a difficult place. I could serve in a vast capacity because I don't have any other commitments in this life right now. And so singleness is a gift. It is an opportunity that you have in this moment. And I truly believe this. One of my, I do not regret getting married. I am so grateful that I am married. I do regret that I wasn't, didn't maximize my singleness and I didn't focus more in my singleness on how I could have served the Lord and poured out my life for him as a single person. So maybe you shouldn't date right now because singleness is a gift. The second reason that maybe you shouldn't date right now is because you have a lust problem. Now, We're going to spend some time talking about a challenging issue, but it is so important as we talk about singleness and as we talk about dating. And right off the bat, if you've been around the harbor for any time at all, you know that this was something that I personally battled and struggled with for many, many, many years. It's something that God has freed me from and given me a lot of victory over. And so I don't approach this from a place of condemnation. I don't approach this from a place of speaking down to you. But I approach this as your pastor to say, I care for you, and I want to see you walk in the victory that God has for you. I'm gonna share a few really challenging statistics. These are some statistics about pornography. In the year 2020, porn received more traffic online than Twitter, Instagram, Netflix, Zoom, Pinterest, and LinkedIn combined. That's in 2020, so we spent a lot of time on Zoom, Netflix, and Instagram during this time, yes? In the year 2019, there were 35 billion minutes of porn watched on a top porn site. If you're wondering how many years is 35 billion minutes, that is 66,500 years worth of porn watched on a top site. According to statistics, 70% of 18 to 30-year-olds, the people who are in this room, regularly consume porn. Now, maybe some people are listening to these statistics and and you would say, Brian, uh, I realize that this is not a good thing to do. I realize it's not healthy for me, but here's the thing. Right now, I am currently kind of like enduring this habit of of porn because uh, I don't really have another outlet sexually speaking. Like when I get married, I'll be able to have sex when I'm married and so I can kind of focus on that then and, but for now, I'm kind of doing this thing. But once I get married, uh, I'll, be, I'll stop and I'll just focus on my spouse. But here's the reality. Porn is not training you for intimacy. It's, it's training you for infidelity. Porn is not training you for monogamy. It's training you to browse. It's training you to be a consumer, it's, it's not training you to enjoy sex in a committed marriage where you're giving and serving each other, but it's training you to select whatever you would like at the time you would like, at the quantity you would like, and consume it however you would like to consume it. It is not the same thing. And here's what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4. He says, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. So God's will, God's heart for us is that we would abstain from sexual immorality. Now, that word sexual immorality in the Greek is the word pornea. It's where we get our word pornography. It is the It, it means any type of, of sex outside of the bounds of marriage. Now, I wanna take a moment and address why we should pursue purity. Because I don't believe our primary motive for purity should be a marriage motive. Now, that's a great motive. I should want to be pure in order to be honoring to my wife. But here's the primary reason. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 6, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. So what Paul is saying here is that because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that your primary motivation for pursuing purity should, in fact, be to bring honor to God and to pursue intimacy with God, so that you can walk closely with Him. And and, and there are uh, there, there's a growing movement within the church culture that would say that, that we can kind of disconnect our sexuality and our spirituality and we can kind of do whatever we want with our, our bodies in the form of sex and we can still have this great relationship with God because, you know, God wouldn't want you to stop having fun. But the reality is that, that what the scripture says is that as we pursue purity, we actually are, are, are walking closer to God. And so my, my heart for you, my heart for, for myself, is that I would desire above anything else to have an intimate and a close relationship with God. And because of that, I wanna say, God, give me a pure, pure eyes, give me pure hands, give me a pure heart, give me a pure mind. Now, he, he, here's why I, I, I wanna talk about this within the range of maybe you're not ready for a relationship, because the reality is that if you're currently in a situation where, where you have a regular habit of porn, then you are not training yourself for marriage. People may say, Brian, what what if my fiance or what if my husband is, is regularly watching porn? I would rephrase that and say, what if they are regularly cheating on you with multiple partners? Because that's actually what's happening. And so the reality is, I don't say this to shame anyone. I don't say this to bring condemnation down in this place because I believe God is a God of restoration. He is a God of freedom. He is a God of victory. But I say this to say there is an urgency to us in our place of singleness. If you are single and if you are struggling with these things, there is an urgency to say, this is not just something I can kind of play around with until I get married, but there's an urgency to say, I want to get victory from this so that I'm not bringing another person into this very, very, uh, th- th- this thing that would be very damaging. And so I encourage us, I encourage you, if you are struggling with this, and this is guys, this is girls, that I want to encourage you to say, I want to get victory from this. The primary reason is because I want to walk with Christ. And here's the beautiful thing. When God comes into our lives, like he doesn't force us to try and figure things out on our own. He walks with us and he is the one who brings purity. He is the one who brings holiness. He's the one who gives us a clean mind, renews our mind, gives us a clean heart, but we must walk with him. We have to open up ourselves to accountability and to things that will help us move forward. But let's move forward towards purity together. I believe purity is possible. This year, uh, I have celebrated seven years of being porn free, which, praise the Lord, I'm so grateful for. Yeah, we can, we can thank, thank God for, for that. And I believe that, that that is possible. I'm grateful to God for that. It's, it's his victory, it's not mine. Okay, so we have talked about maybe you shouldn't date right now and given a couple reasons. Now, Let's talk about this. Here are two things to stop doing before you start dating. Two things to stop doing before you start dating. Number one, stop looking for the wrong features. Stop looking for the wrong features. Now, we live in a society largely based on what we just talked about with lust that that we tend to first and foremost look at the outward appearance. It actually says that in the scripture. Man, human, looks at the outward appearance. And and so what we tend to say is, man, if she's hot, if he's hot, that is like 90% of the battle. If I can find somebody that I think is good looking, like that will cover a multitude of sins and we can kind of work with the rest along the way. That tends to typically be the reality. But, but here, here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 31. This is specifically about um, a wife, but it could also be about a husband as well. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A, a man who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so the first thing that we should in fact be looking for is not where are they on the hotness scale but where are they on the godliness and the character scale? How much do they love the Lord? How much do they fear the Lord? Now, I want us to realize something, that, that culturally speaking, our standard of beauty, it actually changes over time. And actually, if you go to different cultures, there are even different standards of beauty within that culture. So we tend to think to ourselves like, okay, like, you know, I have my current thing and, and that's kind of like beca- because this is what culture defines as beautiful or good looking or awesome right now, that's like the thing. But, but I'll just give you one quick example. In, in the book of Song of Songs, which is an ancient uh, love poem that um, Solomon wrote, Uh, this is written by a woman who's being pursued by a man. And this is what she says. She says, don't stare at me because I am dark. The sun has darkened my skin. My brothers were very angry with me. They forced me to care for their vineyards. Now, I point that out to say that, that right now, like in our society, for many people, like the most beautiful thing is to be tan. And so we have like Places you go to get tan, and we have lotion that you rub on to become more tan. And then we're like, let's go to the beach because I'm not going to swim. I just want to get more tan. This is a situation where actually at that time, the standard of beauty was to be lighter and lighter. And she actually says, listen, I I was forced to work outside. That made my skin darker because of the sun. We didn't have SPFs 30 back in Bible times. And so now I'm actually embarrassed of that. And so the only reason I point that out is to say that culturally speaking, like the standard of beauty is not just like, like the eternal standard of beauty is not what we as a culture deem to be the most beautiful right now. But the standard of beauty changes over time. And in fact, for those of us who are following Jesus, I believe that what God wants to do in our hearts and lives is that as we continue to move forward closer and closer to Christ, that even what we believe to be the most attractive and what we believe to be the most beautiful changes as well. And so my encouragement to us is that first and foremost, I'm not saying you got to like, End up with somebody that you do not find attractive, or that you're like God's going to give you like an ugly husband or something like that. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that we need to change our, our 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 perspective. Where my number one motive is, are they hot? And if ever if that if that's fine, then everything else is fine. But it is to say we need to look at what is the most important. Do they fear the Lord? Are they godly? Where is their character? So. First thing to stop looking for is stop looking for the wrong features. Second is stop looking for the one. Now, are you guys ready for me to talk about the one? You guys know about the one, right? You guys know about the one? You guys with me on, you guys have heard of the one before. Like I'm looking for the one, I'm looking for my soulmate, I'm looking for the person that's going to complete me, you Complete Me, Jerry Maguire. You guys, you guys tracking with me? Does anyone know about that That one? You Complete Me, Jerry Maguire? Like a few. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring some, some disappointment maybe that there is no such thing as the one. There is not the one for you. Now, I'm going to give a caveat to that. Brian and Kayla, there is such a thing as the one for you. Because in March a few months ago, It was March, correct? Okay. Brian, you became the one for Kayla. Kayla, you became the one for Brian. Stephen and Larissa, March of two years ago, you guys became the one for each other. Katie became the one for me, and I became the one for her. So there is the one, but at this point, there is not this, this person that is mysterious and out there, and they're the one that's gonna bring you complete completion, and no one else ever could. There are, in fact, multiple people that you could end up with that would be a godly and beautiful marriage. Now that doesn't sound as romantic, but let me explain some of the dangers of looking for the one. This is from J P. Pekluda. One danger is that your standards will be unrealistically high, and we can get into this place where we could say, man I, I want like like I-, I just want a guy who has memorized the Psalms, who is really ripped, but not too ripped, because that would make me feel insecure, Who is already has a house with at least 20% paid off, has a great job, very smart, but not like annoyingly smart, and is only one year older than me, 23 years old, and like, we can make this huge list, and like, that's our one. But the reality is, what what we do at that point is, is, is we put ourselves in God's shoes. And we start to say, I am in fact the one who is, is ruling and I'm deciding for myself instead of trusting that God may be bringing someone who is an incredible match for us, but we get into this place where we're trying to, to discern and figure everything out for ourselves. So that's one thing. Uh, another danger in looking for the one is that you can tend to overlook red flags within a dating relationship because if you've already decided that they are the one then there may be some big problems that you aren't even looking at because they're the one and if they're the one we have to be together and we're gonna we're gonna complete each other no matter what and so man like maybe you're you're dating someone and they are not into commitment. They are, are dragging you along and they're not gonna commit one way or the other, but they're the one, so I'm sticking with them through high and through low. Maybe you're dating someone and, and they're super critical. They are super cynical. They criticize everything you do, but man, I gotta stay with them because they're the one. And, and maybe maybe you're, you're like ladies, you're dating a guy and they're like just 100% committed to video games, like to the point where it's like I, I'm not committed to anything else. Like, like you are number three past Call of Duty and Fortnite, but they're the one. Now, those things are are I feel like kind of like low hanging fruit for pastors to criticize, but the reality is that 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 I have personally like been in counseling sessions and had experience where people have overlooked those things because they are the one, and it does bring real pain and discouragement into a marriage. And so we, if we have this lie of the one, we get into this place where we tend to overlook red flags. And then here's the third danger of the one, is that you're always evaluating. Even when you get married, maybe, maybe you missed it. I mean, statistically speaking, if there is the one, then I missed it, and, I, and Katie's not my one, right? Like, just the odds are there's somebody else out there that's actually my one, and so if I believe that, then what happens when me and Katie are going through a hard time, and then somebody else comes along who laughs at my jokes, and who, like, thinks I'm really awesome, and I'm like, man, she thinks I'm cool, and Katie sure seems to be annoyed at me right now. Maybe she's the one. And this is where we get divorce culture from because we're constantly believing there is a one and I'm not committed to this person, I'm always just looking for the one. And so we gotta stop believing the lie of the one and what we have to start doing is we have to to understand that God is sovereign, he is good, and when he joins a couple together, he knows what he's doing. And so instead of asking God, show me, like bring me the one, what we should be saying is God, What are you doing? Who are you placing around me that could be the the person that you have for me? We have to trust that God is sovereign in this process. Okay, so we have talked about, maybe you shouldn't date right now. We have talked about two things to stop doing before you start dating. Now we're gonna talk about why you should date. What are two reasons that you should date? And we'll wrap up with these two reasons. The first reason that you should date is to find a spouse that you can serve by helping them reach their full potential. This is the reason that you should date. Your goal in dating is to ultimately get to a place where you can find a spouse. And the goal of that is to get to a place where you wanna help them reach their full potential. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter five. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. literally died on the cross to bring us into new life. And he is literally active right now, purifying us, making us more like him, bringing us closer to him. That is his commitment to us. And so as a married couple, your commitment to your spouse should be, I want to help you grow to become more Christ-like. I wanna help you grow to become more everything that God has created you to be. And think about the illustration that, 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 that Paul just used. He said, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Now, when, when, when I'm doing good, when I'm working out, when I'm eating right, which is rarer than I like, would like it to be, I'm doing those things because I want my body to reach its, its, its maximum capacity. I, I want my body to flourish, to be healthy, so that I can do everything I'm supposed to do. And what he's saying is that same analogy should be your approach to marriage, your approach to a relationship. I'm working hard to help the other person flourish. Now, this is a different perspective. This is a flip on what a lot of us think about, because what we think about is I want somebody who makes me happy. I want somebody that I think is hilarious. I want somebody that I can connect with. I want somebody that when we get married, we're just gonna have mind-blowing sex all the time. The, the, the problem is, what happens when that person for a season doesn't make you as happy? What happens with when you go through a, a patch in your marriage where there is challenges and difficulties and there's not as much laughter? Or what happens if due to a medical situation for a season, the mind-blowing sex isn't there. All of a sudden, if that's what the basis is on, then it starts to get really challenging. But if your focus is I want to help this person flourish in every possible way, it's a different perspective. And think about how brilliant God is when he designed marriage. Because if you're getting married to someone and you're saying to them, I am committed to helping you flourish no matter what. And if they're saying to you, I am committed to helping you flourish no matter what, like that is a couple that is going to flourish because they're both committed to serving the other person. That's a beautiful thing. That's how amazing God's design for marriage is. So I want us to get that in our hearts and our minds. This is the purpose of marriage. And then the second reason that you should date is to find a spouse that you can build Jesus's kingdom with, that you can build Jesus's kingdom with. Man, so, so many of us, when we think about marriage, Jesus's mission is almost like the seventh or the twelfth thing we think about. We think about the, the family, or we think about the house, or we think about the life that we're going to build or the vacations we're going to go on but I hope and pray that we think about marriage and say, man, I wanna have a marriage that's gonna make a difference for the kingdom of Jesus. And as a single person, you can make a huge difference, but as a married couple, you can make a huge difference for the kingdom. In fact, when Paul spoke about singleness, this is the reason he encouraged people to be single. 1 Corinthians 7, he says, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint among you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. In other words, my goal is that there would be no distraction in your devotion to God. And so our goal in marriage should be the same thing, that I don't want there to be any distraction. I want to be fully devoted to the things of God in 1 Corinthians 10, that whatever we do, we want to do for the glory of God. So this is a challenge for the married couples in the room. May we even continue to always evaluate and say, God, how can our marriage be about building your kingdom and investing into your kingdom? And may you who are not currently married, may may you who are dating, may you have those conversations. Dream those dreams together to say, what can we do? What would our relationship look like if we dedicated ourselves to these manners? And if you're single, to, to, to be so passionate about pursuing the things of God that, that you can't help but find someone who is also passionate about those things. Those are the, that's, that's the heart. That's God's heart for dating. That's God's heart for marriage. I'm gonna take a moment and ask you to bow your heads in prayer. And I just wanna take a quick moment and, and just, just pray into a couple of things together and then we'll be done for the night. But the first thing I just wanna take a moment and just, just pray into is just the idea of singleness. Maybe some of us in this room, we are still wrestling with the idea that, that, that even singleness could be a gift. Or maybe there are some people here who would say, man, Brian, I'm I'm actually in a season where I am single and and I actually want to to use my singleness for your glory, God. And and so I just wanna take a moment and pray right now into that for anyone in here who would say that. And and God, I, I pray for those who are single, my friends who are single. And I pray that they would see what a beautiful opportunity this is. For those who, maybe have been single a long time and maybe there's not any outlook on the horizon of anything different changing, God, I pray that this season would be a season of renewal, would be a season of excitement, would be a season of possibility, serving you, growing deeper with you. God, I pray that you would bring great friends around them because although some are called to long-term singleness, none of us are called to isolation. None of us are called to be outside of community. And so provide community, provide good friendships. And God, I pray for every single, single person. Lord, I pray that if they need to grow in their relationship with you, grow in their knowledge of you, grow in their pursuit of you, that you would make that clear. I pray that if they need to step out and serve, use their gifts to glorify you, that you would make that clear. I pray that if there are people here that you're calling to be missionaries or even calling to challenging, uh, challenging occupations for the kingdom, that you would begin to reveal that and burden that in their lives. God, I wanna pray um, for anyone here. I wanna transition and pray for anyone here who is struggling with, with, with lust, struggling with a pornography addiction. And God, I just pray right now for anyone that that would be. And, and I know because I've been there, There's was plenty of times where in a church service like this, I prayed and, and said, God, I just want it to be over. And then it, I felt like I failed again and, and went back to it. And God, I just pray that you would give every single person here, myself included, just a spirit of, of just fighting for purity fighting for intimacy with you. It is a daily battle, even for me. It's not like I've won anything. God, I pray for each one of us here that you would help us to pursue after you, that that we would desire earnestly to, to have a closer relationship with you more than anything else, and that that would be the thing that would keep us headed in your direction, that that would be the thing that would help us to fight for purity. God, I pray for anyone here who has never actually told a fellow Christian, a fellow brother or sister in Christ about that struggle, and they need to open up so that they can bring something to light so that they can get freedom. I pray that that would happen. I pray that they would be received with love and with grace and not with condemnation. And God, I just wanna take a moment and just pray for every single person here, whatever season they're in. I pray that they would draw near to you. Before we close, I just wanna take a moment and I know this is a series on on dating, but I do just wanna give an opportunity because really more than anything else, the, the person that is called to complete us is not another human being, but our hearts are longing for a relationship with God and that is what truly brings us joy and peace and hope. And so maybe you walked in here and you just wanted to learn some some advice or some wisdom on dating. But, but I just wanna encourage you that, that the most important thing that could happen to you is that you would enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ who loves you, who died on the cross for you, who has incredible plans for your life. And I just wanna encourage you that, that this is truly the, the foundation for anything else moving forward. Jesus died for you, he has incredible plans for you. He, he wants to give you a hope and a future and he's inviting you into that relationship with him that changes everything. And so if there is somebody here who would say, Brian, that's what I want. I desire to have that relationship with God. Um, I just wanna invite you to, to, to pray this prayer after me. Just say, dear God, I know that I've walked away from you. I know I've been far from you, but I wanna follow you. I wanna become a follower of Jesus. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again to give me new life. And I'm leaving my old life behind and walking forward into the new. Help me to do that, God. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.